Hello and welcome. This is the second episode of the podcast Material Analysis. I'm your host Pramod. Today we just have another person because no one else turned up. We have Comrade Chundu with us. Comrade Chundu, um, please say hi, so that we know you're. Hi, and uh, the other folks haven't made it. Does this uh, displaying to all how? Um, serious and uh, important our podcast is um, today's episode is called parasites so you know um this word it has been this this has been present a lot in political discourse that whenever somebody talks about welfare it's framed as if the people the welfare is going to is parasites uh, especially in india where there is only a small percentage of people who are paying direct taxes and this has become a huge political issue to the point that this has sort of turned political discourse on its head governments are supposed to care for the people but as soon as any government does that this issue is raised in a very funny manner so for example um, the welfare state in india has been shrinking from the 90s so a lot of things which were considered in the ambit of the welfare state are not so when you have some place like say the city of delhi where the state government essentially provides free electricity free water and is pouring a lot of public money in education weirdly enough this is objected to by a lot of people who call the people these policies benefit as parasites and who for some reason think that um doing welfare is going to uh, stop people pulling themselves up by their bootstraps one thing that's come up a lot over the past few days is this um, certain discussion of rahul gandhi's proposed nyay program right and you've had all these commentators from especially on the right talking about how cash transfers and etc would essentially cause uh, people to stop working for instance or welfare will actually make people lazy i mean like these are arguments that we've heard before there's a lot of economic evidence against the idea that welfare makes people lazy etc so there's been a lot of bullshit in the public discourse from these kadal of so called experts who are really not experts by the way and i should like stress this over and over again who so, been uh like actually this this doesn't even start at this point remember like upa1 tried yeah. to expand welfare right right right, and, right. the existence of that was used as a political weapon against upa2 so you had yes. these quote unquote experts jumping up and down whenever the whenever the then opposition nda people would say that as soon as they will come to power they will slash welfare and this was attractive to to these experts and they they put their weight behind the uh, behind the modi campaign in very real terms uh, they didn't manage to cut any quote unquote welfare program as such 
they did take on mg narega now it's very interesting because narega is actually not even a welfare program it is technically a jobs guarantee program right it's not exactly. a welfare it's welfare not a welfare program, program but like the it's a, way it's a rural, it's a rural jobs guarantee program now the way the conversation around mg narega was it was as if these people were pissed at the government that all those cuts in welfare didn't happen and this was not a very like coming from people who style themselves essentially policy ones and coming from people who at least are uh, you, you you would expect them to at least read on what they are critiquing right they right. had mischaracterized them generally they had they were framing it as a as a welfare scheme whereas it wasn't and now you will have these very hilarious hot takes from these experts that modi was to quote unquote socialist for them wherein they completely have sort of like of course they don't know what the word socialism means but this is hilarious that like apparently the current indian government isn't writing enough for them and of course the talk of the nay scheme have put them up like they have been up in arms over but there are other kinds of welfare programs that also exist in india there are certain welfare programs i mean like there are certain subsidies for instance that exist who which actually go on to mainly benefit the middle class or the upper middle class uh the most uh notable of the subsidy is actually the tax uh, is actually the subsidy that we have on uh petroleum products i mean like we have the uh, petrol diesel etc and the second uh, subsidy that we have which actually does benefit the well off is actually the fertilizer subsidy but you will see for instance that you know whenever you have this discourse in public uh media right no one actually goes after these taxes oh, sorry these subsidies at all no one nobody goes after these subsidies nobody says that you know we should remove the petroleum subsidy no one says we should remove the fertilizer subsidy what we say this is we need to cut narega whenever you are talking about uh, people who are parasites right or you are saying that you are calling certain people parasites it's never you're never saying that the middle class is a parasite right because the fuel and the fertilizer subsidies are actually some of the most expensive program uh, the most expensive programs that we uh, sorry subsidies that we have right now uh, as part of our central government uh, budget and whenever this conversation comes up it becomes that these people are the poor are basically freeloading of the rich and it happens in a very very perverse way that is dehumanizing comrade uh, pramod uh, let us talk about the kind of people who are making this argument because i don't think they are a monolith and i don't think all of them can be reasoned with so okay you have you have the dominant ideology of welfare being bad so you will have your you know your garden variety uncles who would say that don't give money to the poor they are parasites right right then you have these uh, and these uncles they could be reasoned with because they think that they have a world view where welfareism is bad so so hopefully if you could convince them that it is not so and that is it's 
good for society or whatever they might be willing to listen to then you have these policy wonks who claim to have this very um what they they would say that they have this very neutral economics driven perspective of course they are wrong because these policy wonks are not real economists and any real economist would probably giggle at them uh, i would like to know your opinion on that a bit later when i when i'm done making my point that how do uh, actual economists look at them but yes you have all these people like you have these uh, you have these uh, self described libertarians right you have the right right, uh, right. we have like uh, institute these people apparently they are authorities to give out certificates but you have to admit like in our previous episode as comrade jasmine had said that um these people do to influence thought so their thought needs to be engaged with uh, and it needs to be objected to in very clear terms and it also needs to be mocked it can't be like we can't be like ah these people are nobody they are obviously somebody like if yeah. you go on social media they are blue ticked many for like they obviously a lot of what they are saying does influence middle class kids so you have these so called neutral people and we'll have to get down to why they are not neutral and why they are ideological and why that ideology is a bad ideology and it's not a realistic uh, look at how society works but then there is a third kind of people who do this parasitism argument and these people just hate poor people like right you can't really argue with them like you can't try to reason with them and you can't try to fight ideology with another ideology or something like there are some people yeah, like who are in hate if you if you if your ideology is that the poor are poor and then they should starve i mean like there's not much to be said and please no please stop listening to our podcast go listen yeah we are obviously not like we hate you and we don't think you are worthy of intellectual engagement go fuck off and never come back so seriously yeah. fuck off anyway so yeah. the, <laughs> uh, so coming back to so essentially we are going to try to appeal to the good nature of the middle class uncles and yeah. we are going to try to intellectually object to these so called libertarians but as far as the poor haters are concerned we are not going to address that in our podcast so so okay let let's go to the first objection people have against welfareism is that it's uh, somehow creating a culture of parasitism and in hindi this phrase is often used in political circles muft khori what what in north india people would say muft khori ko badhava de rahe hain they are propagating a culture of free loading so why is this not true let's talk about the nature of poverty in a country like india you have certain people and and by certain people i mean a pakistan of people i mean a very a lot of people a lot of people in india who basically do not even meet the minimum nutrition there's a lot of malnourishment in india when people are malnourished they can't even work so there is something there is a vicious cycle of poverty going on around here right if you are malnourished if you do not have certain uh, if you cannot if you are if you are essentially not of good health right you are not able to work you need money so which will only come from work so this could become sort of like a vicious cycle of poverty 
right so you would see often a lot of middle class people saying that why don't they go do a job which is a stupid statement because yeah, a, yeah. to they do can't. a job you need certain skills right you can't just do but, a job okay. even to okay, be look. a farmer no you even need if it's to... like unskilled labor okay like for for instance even if you're doing intensive unskilled and this is the nature of the jobs at the bottom at the absolute bottom at the absolute unskilled labor you know the kind of labor that is completely unskilled these are not desk jobs that we are talking about these are jobs that require you to go out and you know basically work and involve yourself extremely physically and that kind those kinds of jobs also require a person to have a certain degree of health and nutrition and i mean like you know some minimum health indicators right Co- cognitive function as well right nutrition cognitive does have fun- an Im- impact on cognitive function most cognitive poor people function, are poor i mean like if you okay i mean like if you are undernourished you are too weak to function you are too weak to 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 walk straight let alone yeah. work right we are no no and so, that is that is actually a that has actually been a major problem in india uh it has reduced over the past few decades which is true but there used to be a massive problem in india with people who literally did not have enough to eat so i mean i mean to be able to even work properly so and and uh, it's still a problem on the global starvation index for children india yes. is one of the worst nations like yes. we still underfeed our children massively across the country which has effects on their development Yes. the simple uh, fact of the matter is a large fraction of the indian population is too weak to work making rhetorical statements that they should seek jobs is middle class privilege people who don't really understand what being poor is and when they are working and it's not like that they're not working many of them are working many of them working and what is happening is that the life expectancy is like now 40 or 50 or i mean like it's it's significantly less than it is for us right uh because they are pushing themselves where they should not be it's not like you know because their health is normal they're too weak to work they're actually not working some of them are actually going out and working right uh they are literally putting themselves in hazardous positions to the point and it is actually it is it is extremely extremely many offensive that this this kind of situation even exists that uh, yeah, the simple fact is that for a lot of the jobs these people do right for the job they are doing the person who so for example missandri right a lot of these unskilled people work in the contractual system where they have yeah. no job security no minimum wage nothing right Nope. the people who are getting those buildings those structures made are extracting massive amounts of profit from that kind of business and as far as i am concerned that is parasitism where you have five lala sitting at the top there is no fairness in that world there is no job security in that world there is no dignity of labor in that world humans are treated as animals in that world more than 90% of indian workers are employed in in this uh, this right. unregulated right. this right right so uh, firstly this. we basically discussed here which was 
the idea, the entire thing that if you don't, you're in a vicious cycle of poverty because here you are, you can't work. The first thing that we discuss is that this entire idea of a vicious cycle, cycle of poverty, because you uh, you're too poor to actually have a proper health, and you're too weak to actually go out and get a job. So you know, it's like that creates a cycle. The second thing is coming to these hazardous jobs and coming to these jobs at absolutely at the bottom and the nature of these jobs, right? Uh, very very intensive uh, labor. Sometimes you have jobs which are extremely uh, restricted by caste background. Uh, for instance, uh, manual scavenging, uh, sewage work, etc. Now, someone for these. For a lot of people, the reason that they're trapped in these jobs is that uh, there is something else that actually uh, welfare programs, in a sense, because they give you, in some sense or the other, either they complement your income, or if they're in the form of direct cash transfers, they are part of your unearned income. They actually give you a larger bargain in the mar market. They give this sort of bolster your bargaining power, in the sense that. Uh, so we are talking about sewage work, etc., right? And we agree that these jobs shouldn't exist. Now the thing is, the reason that the people who are now the people who are working these jobs. Now let's talk about them for a while. For them to basically seek other modes of employment would actually require them to leave the, these jobs, right? And if they can, like, they just say they quit, right? And they don't have anything else, like they don't have any other source of income, and they don't have anything else bolstering them. They are not going to get a job that easily, and when they'll have to come back because it might take them a while to get a job. Secondly, if they are at all going to do the job, that kind of job that they're doing, then they deserve uh, safety equipment. I mean, like most sewage workers, etc., work here without. Any safety equipment whatsoever, and there was like a movie called Court. I don't know how many of our audiences have seen that. Which was essentially. If you haven't, you should definitely see that movie. It's an excellent movie. It's in yeah. Marathi, uh, but it's available with subtitles. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, essentially, uh, most sewage workers in India don't have any safety equipment, etc., and they're paid extremely poorly, etc. Now, the thing is. If there is, uh, if sewage workers etc. are given more money, then they can actually go and bargain with the municipal corporations and say that we we are not going to do our jobs unless we get proper safety equipment, unless you know we get a proper pension, unless we get proper insurance. Considering this is a hazardous job, and you know, for you to for people to even escape out of these professions, like. Uh, that are governed by certain caste relations and like, yeah, it's true. Uh, people upper caste, there are very, in fact, there are very few specific castes which are involved in these kind. Even among the scheduled castes, there are only a few specific castes which are involved in work like this. And and I think that 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 is sort of a good counter to these uh, these libertarian policy people. Like when they are talking about the free market, and they have this very idealized vision of the free market, right? That right. so they would say that oh, if you don't like that job, don't do that job, do some other job. But that is a ridiculously stupid thing to say, 
the market right. gives very little power to the laborers and gives a lot of power to the people with money there is really no bargaining happening if somebody has a gun to your head right so it's stupid to say that oh nobody is coercing them to enter the gutter or nobody is coercing them to be a, a you know a subsistence farmer no that's not true they are as good as being coerced to be in the yes. gutter or be a subsistence yes. farmer because that you know oh you do a job whatever you want in your life whatever your passion is that is nonsense like right. that is nobody lives like that not even the middle class so right this i mean like even in the most ideal situation okay there is no caste there is no race etc i mean like which is not even true which is not true but obviously imagine not. that for example even even in that situation were you in a complete free market and you are not satisfied with your job and you decide to leave your job and you do some other job there will be a period where you will actually not be getting any jobs it is going to happen in the freest of free markets it's not it's not like a free market a perfectly competitive market there will be 100% employment in a perfectly competitive market and there will be no such thing as frictional un- unemployment there. there is going to be frictional unemployment even in a fully competitive market i mean like there is there is there is a time factor involved here so even if that is the situation even in the most idealistic situation uh, you are not going to have that and that's like i mean like this is the kind of situation i'm saying like you know so in that condition there is no such thing as social mobility and for any social mobility to be even remotely possible any poverty elevation to be remotely possible the person will have to be fed and the person will have to be educated before that happens and that requires a massive welfare mechanism if you say for instance that today uh, you know you want to annihilate caste you want to annihilate you want a casteless society then you have to go away with jobs that that are that are beneath human dignity essentially like uh, yeah. so you know, here also uh, these uh, the second category of people the so called policy wonks like some of them will say that you know if two people have a mutually agreed upon transaction who is the state or who is the society to intervene right to which i say fuck it no like if a person is that poor that they are willing to enter a sewer to survive that right. is not a mutually agreed transaction that is that is an extreme form of economic blackmail which is levied on certain unfortunate parts of our society there is no right. mutual agreement commerce going on there uh and there has been an apprehension among the middle classes that uh, basically to finance nay there will be an increase in taxes right and the answer is that there will be i mean like if this is done with any uh, kind of say i mean like if it's done with any amount of seriousness there will be a, a rise in taxes i mean like i guess direct taxes some of it might be and also okay here is here is a point which is often not talked about well like if the whole if the whole uh, thing is that we need more direct taxes which we do by the way india needs a massive 
increase in direct taxes if it wants to progress as a country because and, and it doesn't have the and it needs to like have tax i mean like it needs a little needs less defaulting on those like there's a yeah, so there are a lot of loopholes and and any uh, you know rigorous and honest look at where those loopholes are would tell you that the loopholes are not with the poor end of the people most of the people who are getting away with not paying taxes are the extremely rich in the country not even the middle class but the extremely rich and uh, the contrary to popular belief you are not go- like uh, you are not going to recover the quote unquote black money by taking out uh, currency from circulation or such idiotic moves or you like have, going to a like going to man the swiss bank in zurich and like you know like banging on their walls and saying you know return <laughs> yeah like you have to look at the very obvious loopholes which serve the 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 hyper rich of the country and let them get away with the hyper profits they are making and they are making those hyper profits if you look at the way in which uh, Uh, for example oil wells are distributed or in the way uh, national resources are essentially strip mined and turned to this cartel of a very close knit bunch of individuals like even if you look at which are the say top 16 uh, top defaulters of the of your uh, loans which are not getting paid you you get a very accurate picture of where the money is hemorrhaging like it's it's not the poor it's it's not your uh, roadside street hawker or whatever there are some people you know on the right who say that the solution is to like do away with direct taxes and uh, just increase sales tax or something and that is an incredibly bad idea if you don't do welfare or if you if you don't expand welfare there is no realistic way of lifting massive amounts of people from poverty by the way uh, an argument which is made in ill faith wherever this lifting out of poverty thing is mentioned is that people do say that uh, since china and india sort of quote unquote liberalized their economy hundreds of millions of poor people were lifted from poverty and that is not a very honest thing to say because two things first of all uh as far as china is concerned china did not become like a free market capitalist paradise also it is not that we were ever a quote unquote socialist state like that thing no people... i mean like even okay like okay then in that case if you look at china which was uh hmm. the thing is that uh, these market reforms in the sense that it is true it is definitely true that they created a certain kind of they created a lot of growth and those growths have led to jobs those jobs uh, you know you've had a new middle class being created because of this i mean like a lot of the people a lot of our audience themselves might actually be coming from backgrounds which are essentially this 90s middle class a middle class that was created essentially in the 90s and like 80s 90s 2000s right uh their parents generation essentially their parents becoming middle class from uh, uh i mean let's say like from certain rural area uh, from not the rural poor i would say sometimes the rural poor etc 
but there has been massive social mobility that has been created uh, in the past 20 30 years and you know one could actually also attribute the rise of certain kinds of political expression and not just for instance the bjp uh, there are other kinds of political expression for instance the support for the bsp etc which have essentially been created by this emerging middle class that has come from traditionally marginalized sections of society however this middle class is not solely being created by uh, you know by these uh, by by capitalism it is not solely being created by market forces it is also a result of public schooling it is also a result of uh, public colleges it is the result of a healthcare system that was biased towards the public sector earlier from a very psychological perspective to like the two groups of people we had sort of identified who right. we are countering like the there is a lot of gangplank psychology in the first group the the middle class uncles like you have these uncles who sort of made their career using government schooling who got studied in state uh, universities and in kendriya vidyalayas and all and got government jobs and essentially became middle class people from the previously urban poor and now that they have made a lifetime of government jobs and careers and their children have gone to decent colleges and all suddenly they have rediscovered the virtues of the free market yeah. most people who are in the professional class like to be to be to use very specific uh, terminology those who are the labor aristocracy or the petty bourgeois so labor aristocracy are people who are workers who are still paid a wage but they are they essentially have power over other workers they are executives so you have your managers your white collar workers your it workers these are the labor aristocracy i although they are technically laborers they are paid a lot of money compared to other people and then yeah. the petty bourgeoisie are the small businessmen people who are businessmen but can't really be called capitalists you have your shopkeepers your workshop owners your uh, your mohallas master ji taylor etc right yeah. now these people all of them together as a class they consider themselves the middle class but the problem is that by any metric they are not the middle class like they are not in the middle of the spectrum of indian wealth no you know they are in they are in a very small fraction at the top but they imagine themselves at the as the middle class and because they imagine themselves as the middle class they think that if they could make it anybody who has the grit could make it and right. anybody who works hard could make it and ergo anybody not making it must have some character flaw within them yeah the losers so, that's the losers so the the essentially the first group of people the uncles are talking that the thing so this is something we want to impress on our audience that see you have not made it made it you were born with a certain set of the sort of circumstances and you those circumstances allowed you to learn a certain set of skills and you were, had the good fortune to know a certain set of people who were your network and because of all of that you have your current it job or you are currently an entrepreneur or a photographer or something like that so the thing is that uh... 
you know if this continues in that direction i mean like and that is really the thing that you have to appreciate it's not the case that every people have the same access to everything or they have the same opportunities or even they have the same capacity to work as that because of this the social circumstances like you wouldn't say uh, 80 your 80 year old grandfather is going to be able to like you know work at the level of many as at the same level as you are right so right. so i mean like you have to understand that there are these things and it is extremely important therefore that if you want your country to basically progress right if you really want the you know you want to see a country with because i also think there is this bias within our audience and, and i mean like the demographic that is the audience that hates poverty for the sheer aesthetics of it right i mean like they hate the aesthetics of poverty but the thing is that they are also going to respond with things that they are like uh you know so screw the poor you know they, they're going to typically respond by saying okay if i see poverty i don't want to see poverty and that's a very perverse way of dealing with the problem right if you were to discuss this on public for yeah it's so acceptable to go and say that you know uh things like you know you can cut pro like work programs jobs guarantee programs like narega because it's expensive you can go and say you want to not do something like a ubi you don't want to do something like nai because it's going to be expensive but if you go and suggest or or you know for that matter if you say tell people it's also okay in the public discourse and this very middle class discourse to say that you know we shouldn't have like food subsidy but the moment you go and tell people oh no you know what we really need to do away is with the fuel subsidies or you are going to see an extreme meltdown across it has always been the case i mean like when okay so this is where actually people the way people even talk about subsidies who are people people don't even consider them sometimes people don't even refer to these as things as dole people don't even consider the idea that the middle class is being subsidized by the government because and if you really ask them they're going to like respond with the fact that okay so we are paying for it anyway and so we deserve this but uh whenever you talk of subsidies this is a, this was my point really that you know these subsidies have existed for a very long time but you never had these subsidies being ever discussed you've had certain other subsidies being criticized for as long as you can remember however you won't have these subsidies being criticized essentially because the middle class i mean it does understand its class interest very well they know that uh, if these subsidies so they'll actually in their heads a lot of people would be like separating these subsidies from the other subsidies like if you just ask people on the street name a you know name handout name a name a program where you are basically handing out stuff for free people are not going to name fuel and they are not going to name fertilizers so so yeah okay 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 so what you are saying is to boil it down you are saying that it shouldn't be that there is sort of like to boil it down to like an americanism there shouldn't be capitalism for the poor and socialism for the rich Right. and i would go and extend that to say but that doesn't mean that you follow the policy wonks and say oh then there should be like capitalism for all no that's stupid so so what i think is ultimately the point here is that we have to uh, basically go around and like you know try to make the middle class more empathetic uh, this middle class that has emerged many of them have come from places where they were marginalized and they did not have opportunities 
you have to understand that where you came from also was because of certain circumstances and it is not automatic it's not like an automatic process that you worked hard and you came here yeah, i'm not saying that nobody worked hard everyone worked hard only some people made it and that contingency and that contingency and that that entered the context of that that should be available to everyone is what is the message that i think people should be saying that okay because you know to escape the poverty trap to have middle class respect so okay 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 like we are sort of basically saying the same thing again and again and the empathy point can work with your um work with those category of people who you can like who are essentially decent people but are bamboozled by the dominant ideology but those people specifically the policy wonks who will insist that you know the freer the market the freer the people just free up all regulations and do away with taxes and you will see wealth more wealth forming and more people coming out of poverty in very short what do you have to say to people like those to the um, nitin pais and the etc of the world i tell them this good man i i basically use a bunch of choice expletives for them i mean like maybe we're trying to keep this podcast parliamentary so i won't be using them but yeah i mean like whenever i think of whenever i see their faces popping up in my head there are like very very colorful expletives that come to my mind so i mean like i guess that's a the bhumis and the ranganathans of the world are wrong because they don't really have evidence backing them up i mean uh there are studies okay so uh, the one i'm talking about okay it's actually a nuanced but a nuanced paper so it does look at a lot of evidence and i mean like it's a meter study of meter studies as sometimes there's a paper by obijit banerjee which actually looks at upi in the developing world so you'll see people like ranganathan i think dhume i think some other people who basically go and criticize the idea of welfare because uh, ranganathan okay so firstly one thing that people have to understand about ranganathan about okay let's let's not uh, go into their individual idiosyncrasies because some of no, them have like i'm just saying ranganathan dhume rupa subramania etc these people are not experts these people are not even uh, they're not academic economists let's be clear on this uh they are essentially people who write and they write for uh, they are essentially hack to write write these hot takes for a living right like we discussed in the other episode there are another word they they're basically that the problem is that they also quote things very very selectively to back themselves up right when they are making a point when they are basically saying that okay for instance one of the nineteen quoted the stuff from alaska that wrote that labor force participation rates declined in alaska because of a certain trial ubi program now the question is that yes you know sometimes i might want the labor force participation rate to decrease right 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 that's because, what i was going for because, also because, uh, okay 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 because yeah, yeah. Exactly. if i actually for instance if i were uh, targeting if i were actually implementing a ubi style program and i don't want manual scavenging to exist i would rather have people i mean like people would should rather have money to sustain themselves than do something as inhuman as that oh, by the way by the way, like 
remember a lot of these people they they very like they like when you corner them on on essentially economic evidence they would say that they follow what what, what is it they say the austrian school of economics ludwig von okay, mises like i i want you to like for our audience very clearly explain why that is like garbage like in as short because people do get taken in by like you know most people are not economists and they hear these fancy words and they're like oh my this must be some way of thinking or some okay. kind ludwig, of uh, ludwig von mises and uh... Friedrich Hayek. I mean, Hayek is the more respectable figure. Von Mises is basically okay. Von Mises had this kind of perspective on economics that's going to knock your socks off in the sense that he was against any sort of empirical economics. He had this idea that you know you can just reason about. Oh, he was against mathematics, the use of mathematical models. and he was against the use of empirical verification in economics so to to make it very plain to our audience mises was a fraud all right mises yeah, yeah, is yeah, not yeah. taken was, seriously by anybody is that is what i wanted to end with that welfare is good because it allows the very poor in our society a chance to not be very poor in our society the very poor are in our society are very poor because of structural reason not because they are losers not because they are not hard working not because they did not pull them off their by their bootstraps or whatever so welfare is good period and as comrade pramod has mentioned all of us are parasites in some sense or another no matter what part of the working class we come from and naturally the non working class the capitalist class the owner class they are the biggest parasites among amongst us all and secondly like so this was to convince the people who were holding out because of you know world views or whatever but to but for the other group the 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 so called libertarians and etc who have this religious fascination with the free market or they are just wrong and they are following an economic model which is not a real respectable economic model which is not evidence based which is not which is not science it's 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 a it's a figment of people's imagination that it's a figment of people's imagination exactly which they don't even bother like which they basically just admit that it can't be tested i mean like okay it can't be tested what good is it like what is your final statement like let's end this like i think we have discussed everything i think that ultimately the idea is that this entire idea that people are like parasites i mean this needs to go uh we have to understand that ultimately there is a lot of subsidy that we get that we as middle class up to the plus even the upper class capitalist uh, capitalists get a lot of subsidies in the sense that you know they get incentives etc to build this and yeah. those are just not called subsidies but they yeah. are massive subsidies yeah you know but you're still actually either like giving them that in the form of tax cuts or in the form of i mean like what do you call tax incentives right you are having tax breaks for a lot of people you are having subsidies for the middle class in such a situation to go and blame the poor for essentially sucking uh, up resources from you know like basically uh, you know being freeloaders is very very unfair and it is an unfair characterization of how the poor actually work and how they live they are for what is what they are struggling far harder to survive than any of us are we are yeah. having comfortable comfortable lives 
in ac rooms doing this podcast for instance <laughs> but uh, or listening to this podcast incidentally uh but they don't have i mean like they are okay out yeah like breaking their backs right so um i think that is enough yeah. for today and uh, uh hope you enjoyed this episode please yeah. keep listening to us and give do give us feedback uh we would also like to thank people who listened to the first episode and gave us feedback there were quite a few of those people so uh, if you hope to meet so if you want to be credited like you just say it like if you want to like pay pr patrons etc you can like say it in our comment section of i mean like in the replies go off in the replies and like right. we'll read your comments and we'll like shout give you a shout we will we'll, we'll re- read your comments and yeah. please follow us on twitter uh, uh, at uh, analysis uh, pod and uh, we'll soundcloud yeah and obviously on we'll our soundcloud. post on sound all right then uh, goodbye bye